Welcome back to the Lens Baby Podcast. This recording is not a continuation of the Moving Through Fear episodes. It's from a new series, Three Photos, One Lens Baby, where each episode explores the story behind three images, all created with the same Lens Baby gear. While it's best listened to while you're watching the video content, see the YouTube link in the description of this episode, we're including the audio content here as an exercise where I hope you'll pick up on aspects of the conversation that are more about your experience and where the speaker's vision overlaps your vision. I encourage you to listen to the audio version first and then view the video version to see the images that we discussed and how they differed from what you imagined we were talking about when you were just listening to the audio. To see all three photos, one lens baby episodes, go to youtube.com slash lensbabyusa. Hi, I'm Craig Strong. I'm here with Cassie O'Leary. Cassie is here to share three photos shot with one lens baby. Hi, Cassie. Welcome. Hi, Craig. Nice to be here. Cassie, you're here sharing images that you shot with the Edge 35, and I can't wait to share those, but I want to know how you work as a photographer. What is it that attracts you to pull out your camera and take pictures? I think for me, the biggest draw is being outside. Parts of nature, parts of cities, the small details that catch your attention when you're walking around somewhere different or even walking around your normal neighborhood that you'd normally overlook. So it's really the little things in life and being outdoors. And how did you first find yourself with a camera in your hand? Oh, my very first picture that I remember was actually of a rhinoceros sleeping and I walked around while it was asleep <laughs> and I have the picture but I can't tell you what the camera was that I used it was very old that was in Africa when I was a kid so it would have been a very old film camera and I worked with film up until I moved to Turkey when the first digital cameras came up and I swapped over and yeah wow had wow. it for a long time yeah yeah, now I want to see that picture. What was your first lens baby? My first lens baby was the Sol 45. I followed an, a lot of lens baby photographers on Instagram and got very curious about what they were creating, and I liked what I saw. So I did the research and found the Sol. So the Sol has a sweet spot of focus, and what we're talking about today is a slice of focus. You obviously felt like that was a good introduction to lens baby. What was the good stuff that you got from the Sol? So the Sol for me was a very unusual lens. When I first got it, I was really frustrated by it. I couldn't figure out how to work it. And I'd been used to very clean, clear type pictures done with standard lenses, maybe low aperture, but nothing unusual. And when I got the Sol, I really tried to create the same type of thing. And then I would get frustrated. And it took me a while to learn the lens and how it worked. So I enjoyed the challenge of the Sol. When I first got it. So even though it was frustrating, I learned to, to really love it because it was a challenging lens for me to get my head around. Once I did, then I just, I couldn't believe what I could do with that. And then I wanted to know what the other lens, maybe lenses would do as well, because I had got addicted to the learning curve. I think I had the soul maybe four or five months and I had my next lens baby. And then after that, it really snowballed. And we're talking about the edge 35 with a very different effect today and what is gravitating you toward shooting with that that those were the images that you wanted to talk about today i have pretty much all the lens baby lenses now but 
the 35, when I was shooting non-lens baby lenses, was my ideal focal length. I loved seeing the world wide, but also being able to get up close wide. It's just always appealed to me. So the 35 for me, and then the slice of focus. In my head, every time I use it, I think of it as a slice of life. Let's go to your first image of your setup here. And this is your mirrorless Nikon yep. camera and a Composite Pro 2 with the Edge 35. And so this is a full frame camera? Yes. So you're getting the full range of, of the 35. 35 millimeter. Yeah. So it is a moderate wide angle. And you said that's, that was your favorite focal length before. So it's nice that you've got access to that now. 35 millimeters, a wonderful focal length. Absolutely. Tell me why this is your favorite setup and what worked for you about this. I got the mirrorless camera mostly because I lived in a country where when you pick the lens, people would actually get annoyed by the sound. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but so that I got, I wanted the quieter one so that I could go around and be a lot more quiet when I was taking pictures, especially out in the, in the morning at five o'clock. I love being out early. Wow. You're walking wow. around. I love the tilt on the Lens Baby 35. I love it on the Lens Baby 50 and the Lens Baby 85 too. I ended up buying all of them, but I do love the tilt. And I love the fact that you can not just do it dead straight, you can do it diagonal, you can take little slices, you can use it to a point where you've blurred almost the entire picture and you have just the edge of the corner in. I love the tilt because of what it does with water and the buckle on the water. Yeah, I think it's a perfect little setup. This camera in particular is not very heavy. So that plus the lens baby composer and then all the little lens baby lenses, it's so easy to carry around because it's not heavy. There's yeah. quite a lot and I travel a lot. So it's nice for me to just be able to put everything in a handbag and walk off and not worry about the weight. And, and for those that aren't familiar with the optic swap system, which this is part of, you're able to take that composer body, which is the tilt and focus mechanism and swap out that front part, which is the edge 35 and get a different effect. So you mm. can get a spot of focus from the sweet lenses. You can get a swirl in the bokeh from the twist 60. So let's jump into your photos here. This is a intriguing image, I assume in a park and it's so full of color and the turning of the seasons. So talk to me, what about this image is important to you? This is not very far from my kids' school. So I can go in the mornings and go and walk through this little foresty bed. This is actually in the area of Vienna called the Prato, which is a huge park in the city center. Autumn has to be my full-time favorite season. I love autumn. So when it's autumn, I always go through here. And sometimes you'll get fog. Sometimes you'll get ice. It's a beautiful part of the world. I loved being able to use the slice here because I wanted that little beat to show how small it was in comparison to those trees, yes. which you can do with that slice. You can really make it showcase that, that smallness. Yeah. And, the, and then the big sky, the big trees, the big ground, the big open space. Yeah. And I, I loved being able to blur out the top of the trees because it wasn't, that's not what I wanted to focus on at all in the image. And I, I liked making it look more calm and mysterious. How would you describe that sense of the blur that you get with the Edge 35? It's extremely creamy, I would say. It doesn't have a harsh edge. 
which is what I was worried about with the tilt when I first tried them. I worried that you'd get this harsh sort of line between where it was in focus and where it was out of focus, but it's not. It's smooth. They're more gradual than you'd think. So yeah, using that made it a calmer picture than it would have seemed otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I wanted the sense of the calm and the quiet in that area, especially that time of morning. And that helped me to do it. Yeah. I'm drawn to this bit of sunlight that's just to the left of center, below the rule of thirds, just next to the picnic table. Kind of everything flows into that spot and gives me a place to to center on. That feels like a powerful thing. And that lighting, when nothing else is being hit besides a few of the leaves by sunshine, really makes it intriguing. It is a beautiful place in the morning. I, and this morning in particular, I think I must have taken maybe 200, 250 pictures around there. So I can spend a good hour. I, I disappear into my own head, get into the flow state, and I'm gone. It's good fun. It's really good fun. But it is a beautiful part of the one, especially playing with the light coming from behind the trees because they're such big trees. You can really play a lot with the light. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like you shoot this location fairly often. You're drawn to it. Next time you go, if you were to look at this scene again, what would you do differently? It's hard to say. I don't like the fact that I've cut a slight bit of the tree off on the right-hand side of the frame. Yeah, I would definitely try and move myself slightly back a bit so that I can get some more of that tree in and so it's a bit more symmetrical in my head, so to speak. Yeah, I would add a little bit more of the warmth of the sun. I feel like it could do with a bit of warmth. Okay, um, so you might do that in post-production to yeah, this post-production one. as well, yeah. I like the symmetry that you're talking about left and right because it would offset the total lack of symmetry with your horizon mm-hmm. line down below the rule of thirds and there would be that juxtaposition. Yeah, I'd like to mm-hmm. see it. I'll have to do, I'll have to go back anyway. I do go back anyway. I would like to go in the snow. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. Yeah, uh, especially if I can get the same position, if I can find exactly the same spot and take the same photo, but in the snow, that would be fun. Oh, can't wait. All right, let's move on to the next image here. What made you take this image and why is it important to you? So this image I took during the pandemic. This is Maria Theresa Platz in Vienna. And that building behind is the Natural History Museum. And it's in a square and there's an identical building on the other side. So the whole area is symmetrical. It mirrors each other. On the other side is the Art History Museum. They're beautiful buildings, absolutely stunning buildings. And I took this in the evening when the sun was setting. I could see the girl walking and I'd already seen the light and I was taking pictures of the light. And you can see it's picked up a bit of the back of her hair, the light. And I just, I wanted to make sure that I picked that up because During the pandemic, especially in Vienna, people were everywhere outside. The city was always had people walking around. Even in the winter when it was freezing, everybody was out walking around. It's just one of those cities that nobody ever seems to be at home. It's a very busy area. And I think having her in the frame as well also gives scale, which I really wanted. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was the setting sun and playing with the lens baby here. The aperture was slightly higher because I wanted to get the star effect on the, on the sky, on the Right. Sun. So those eight aperture blades, eight or nine, I don't remember, are giving, as you stop them down, it creates a very slight point in the aperture circle, which then the sun 
gets to turn into a star or a sunburst. That's good thinking on your part. And what does the tilt add to this image for you? So with the tilt, I used just lightly on the side of the frame. So it was a way to frame what I was taking in the center. So I used it as a framing device rather than anything else. There's no visible bucker created by it or anything like that. I just wanted to make sure that I got the slice straight down the middle and had the sun and her and the sun coming down towards the end of the frame. So you're just focusing the viewer in toward the center. You've got a slice going vertically through your image because you're tilted either left or right. And so that's your way to emphasize and draw the viewer toward your subject. Yeah, make sure that the eye is going to the right place because as well as that, there are people walking in the very background on the next. If you look at the back underneath the building, there are people and I didn't want those people to stand out. Yeah, they didn't. had to make sure that they blurred out as well. So if you were to shoot this different, what would you do? I might try it down even further so that I've got more of a sunburst. That would, of course, affect the blur, which Mm. then I might have to remove the extra people in post, rather. Sure. Yeah. I would take a few more angles. If I'd known the girl, I would have asked her to go and do it again so I could do a few more. Yeah, Um, this is a very fleeting moment. It is. I got free of her within that little space. And then she was gone. As soon as she moved out of the light, it just doesn't have the same effect. It would be a nice one to try in black and white because you have enough very high light areas and very dark areas. So I would Mm -hmm. actually try and play with that as well in post. As I'm envisioning you being there, capturing her for three images while she's going through that beam of light, I'm reminded of a conversation that I had with a National Geographic photographer at a conference. And he looked at this moment that I had shot as part of a photo essay and he's okay. There's this conflict of the, I want to see a separation between the foreground subject and the background. And I just thought, but this is a moment. This is a real moment that trumps that. And to a great extent it does. But what you're talking about is going back and doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. And so it might take a dozen trips back before you're like, okay, no, not only did I get the moment I wanted, I got the ideal. I also got that moment in the ideal angle with the ideal framing. And so that, that repetition and being able to go back. And so I'm so glad you're shooting close to your home because this is something that you're able to go back and I think, do it. Yeah. I think to be fair, because I move country every five years around about, I think my mindset is very much to, to shoot as much as possible when I'm in the country that I'm in, yep. because I know it's not going to last. Eventually I have to go. Even if I love the place, I still have to go. So I do take, I don't know how many pictures I have of this building. I can't tell you how how many pictures I haven't got a clue I've got I don't know 70 or 80,000 pictures on Flickr it's wow it's trying to figure out when to stop I don't mind going back and doing the same thing over and over and over and over because eventually I do have to stop something does stop me yeah I have to move and I've got to do it again somewhere else but uh, I think it's a very good thing to go back and try and do the same thing and I did talk about recently about the fact that if I see a moment and I want to take a picture of it, but there's something in my brain that says to me, 
not going to work. Don't bother. It's just not going to work. If that happens and I get that little voice talking to me, I will try and take a picture no matter what, because I have to figure out why it wouldn't work. What is it about the frame that's not going to work? Because I learn just as much from that as I do from when you think you've got it right. Sure. So yeah, you've got to get out and shoot the same places over and over. It's a good thing to do. Love that insight into your process. Let's move on to the next photo. Talk to me about this image. Why is this important to you? And what about this image did you want to talk about? This one was for me a wild card sending it in to you. <laughs> this is an unusual image. I don't normally do such abstract uh-huh. images like this, but I was in Dubai. And obviously with all the massive big skyscrapers and all the lights, I love light. I love taking lens, baby lenses with lights. It's my favorite thing. So I really wanted to play with the lights in the skyscraper. But part of me wanted to make it look like water. Because when I think of Dubai, I always think of water. I think of heat, which is why I kept it in such a yellowy, orangey tone. So it's got the heat. I wanted the skyscrapers to be part of the picture. And then I wanted it to look like it was magically sparkling like it would on water and you could only do that with the edge for me the edge was just my ideal lens for this especially because i had i could keep that bottom so clear Mm -hmm. and then just blur it out so it was sparkling into the night sky it really does have an abstract feel that it could be that you're looking down on a plane instead of looking up this lens like you said earlier with the park scene can make things feel miniature but usually it's when you're looking down on something and you've got a slice because macro lenses tend to be really shallow depth of field. So it replicates that slice with big stuff. But this takes that to a, an abstract level. You're using that same tool where you've got clear to the edge on the bottom, uh, the focus, and then it just gradually is getting more and more blur and I love the colors that are coming out in the lights, because when you look at a cityscape, I don't necessarily notice that with my eyes, but especially when you're seeing blooming reds and blues and greens amidst all the warm colors, that those things are going to be emphasized by the out of focus areas, because they're just a point of light to your eyeballs otherwise, and here you're painting with them. Yeah, it is like painting. Exactly. It does feel like water. Yeah. I'm pleased about that. I'm glad it does feel like water because that's exactly what I was going for. Your wildcard photo really resonates with me. Let's see. What would you do different if you were to shoot this again? I would have loved to have had a tripod with me so that I didn't have to have such a high ISO to take a picture because obviously at night it was a bit of a risk. And I wanted the low aperture so that I could get a good amount of blur. Sure. So it is shot on a very high ISO. That would have been nice with a tripod to be able to take that down and get even more color in the color. Yeah, for sure. So the lower ISO just is going to give you more of the saturation that you lose a little bit of. And a bit more of a sharpness in the sharp bits. Yeah. All right. Cassie, thank you so much for going through these three images, three photos taken with one lens, baby. Last question I have for you is what's one thing that you do to get yourself out of a fault? I have thought about that a lot over the years. 
I'm, a, I'm very much into my art and creativity. I'm a big fan of the importance of creativity. And I think people forget that you don't have to be doing photography or art per se to be creative. Every single person is creative. Your every day is creative. There's things you do every day that are creative that you might not ever have thought about. But I'm quite lucky because I have the photography, which I've done for years and years. And I also do surface pattern design. So I do a lot of work with illustration and designing. Then I flip between the two. So when I'm struggling with the one, I tend to put more focus on the other. And it's the act of creativity that inspires you to do work. You can't sit around and wait for it to happen. You have to do something. And when you're working, the creativity comes out and your ideas come out. If you sit around and wait for it, it's never going to happen. You need to get out and do things. So I find for me that balance is being able to flip from one to the other. And taking that break from one allows you to just let that have some, I would say, airiness that then you can go back and feel more at home there. I think as well, the break sometimes makes me miss the other one. And eventually I start getting quite upset that I'm not doing the other one as much. And then I have, it's like having two extra children I've got to look after. <laughs> the, my two creative loves that I have to play with. So. I love it. Taking a break for another creative endeavor really helps with the one that you're taking a break from. So that that rings true for me. And I love that insight. Cassie, thank you so much for sharing your three images shot with one lens baby and for your insights and your process. It is great to hear what for you started as a childhood in Africa that really showed you that the outdoors, that nature was something that you wanted to be a part of. And now you're choosing to go outdoors and share that with us. And it's a, it's awesome. I love seeing through your lens. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. It was really nice to be here and talk about anything creativity and lens baby. I'm very happy to be here. You have a wonderful rest of your day, Cass. Thank you. You too.